You're listening to The Griffin's Nest, a podcast on all things futsal. Welcome to The Griffin's Nest. Me, James and Liam today are joined by Malcolm Lay on episode six. And we're sort of going to talk about the transfer between football and futsal and his sort of experience. So, Malk, over to you just to sort of explain to our listeners who you are. Uh, yeah, hi everyone. Good to see everyone first up. Um, it's been a while, isn't it? And seems a while that we've been properly face-to-face. So uh, I'm Malcolm Lay. I'm what first team coach, head coach. I don't know how you describe me necessarily, Carl. I haven't given myself that title. So um, coach of the um, of Bedford Futsal senior team. There you go. Um, Carl asked me to get involved. I'm trying to think how many years ago now, Carl. Three, three seasons ago now? Yeah, three years ago it would be now, yeah. Time is morphing. We seen as though we're in like twilight zones at the moment, don't we? So, yeah, three seasons ago, um, you were Carl approached me, um, just seeing if I could help out a little bit. Um, only around the corner from where we where we train, um, there was a few players in there that I previously worked with um, in my full time sort of education role. So, it felt really interesting. More than anything, I was I was quite um, uh, inquisitive the journey that people have been on and for me to see um, the progression that people had made from when I kind of stopped coaching them if you like at 18 19 um, to see where they'd gone with it um, but yeah that was the basic intro to start with I don't know whether you wanted to add anything from there Carl you'd probably gone through your list of everyone to ask and finally got to me so <laughs> everyone else said no and I was the only one that said yes <laughs> so when we come to to making the club obviously we had sort of different people uh, sort of me and Jack Stammers sort of about creating it and then Kieran sort of helped in the process as well obviously with his FA links and stuff and um, we were looking for somebody to come in and coach us and one of the things we were keen to get is a coach that was sort of gonna look to develop their sort of knowledge of the game and sort of understanding along with us because we were quite naive in the fact we've only been coached uh when I played for university been coached by two people and one of them was a player and the other person, again, hadn't played futsal. So I thought it'd be quite interesting to get somebody from a different bit of a perspective, like Malk. Um, he'd sort of done, introduced futsal when I went to, to sixth form at sort of his, his sixth form course. And we'd played it and introduced it. And I thought, from my experiences of coaches, I quite like the way Malk sort of did things, the way he coached me and obviously coached my brother as well. So we thought he's a key sort of person to get involved and a prime candidate. So we asked, and like we say, it's been quite positive that you, you came on board and then, don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, Matt, but I think you've quite enjoyed the the football side of things so far. Yeah, yeah, it's a real massive challenge. I mean, um, I, I don't know maybe some of the other players involved. You know, you got me involved. It got me uh, involved and asked me to come along. And um, at one stage, I remember Carl, you sort of saying, "Oh, uh, have you introducing me into the into the the, the sport, if you like." seeing me as a little bit of a futsal guru and then when I kind of said to you yeah that's not the case Carl and although my experience and I will probably come on to this a little bit of uh, of primarily using futsal really as a as a um, as a complement to an overall games program and a training program for for players especially within the youth development phase or or professional development phase as well uh, and really seeing the benefits of it and and those being shown to me and me seeing them for myself. Um, but uh, coming along and being involved with some players that, uh, that 
pretty much had more futsal experience of me um, forever. I know imposter syndrome is a real, um, it's kind of like a, a, a common thing that people go along these days in most walks of life, but um, definitely imposter syndrome within futsal for me, having not played the game, you know, played the game within um, my introduction to the game in a, in a coaching capacity. But um, the, the thing that I was always um, super confident of with the 11 aside game is having played to a pretty good standard, you know, that, that I knew the game inside out. Um, whereas naively going into futsal, looking at it from a technical and a tactical point, that's fine. But as we all know, there's only certain things that really come to life having been on the court and on the pitch. You can say all you like, but it's different when you're out there. Um, so that, that put me massively outside my comfort zone. But um, as I, I, you've got to practice what you preach, haven't you? So when you say to players, it's about being outside your comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. It'd be really, really um, wrong of me then to kind of not accept that challenge. So the, the best thing for me has been a learning curve for me as a coach. You know, certain things don't change. So coaching is coaching, if you like, working with players, getting the best out of players. But certainly my knowledge of systems and, and technical detail within there, you know, it, I'm, I'm learning all the time. And that's what, we, what, what we're always meant to be doing as coaches anyway. So, I think that's great, Malk. And obviously you touch on a lot of things regarding the actual specifics of the game. And um, what I'd kind of want to know, I know you did speak about it ever slightly, but does that element of challenge um, encourage you to develop your knowledge even more? Does it motivate you? Yeah, it does. Uh, good question, Lynn, because it's it can be daunting, you know, like this being a pastime, if you like, you know, outside of your own professional bit of it and your own work life. Um finding that balance and jumping jumping into it. I'm, I'm a big believer in you've got to throw yourself into it. And, and if Cole, right at the outset, you said, would you like to get involved? And my my instant reticence to getting involved with things like that is because I, I, I don't always feel as though I can throw my entire weight behind it. And if I don't, if I can't do that, then I'm, I don't want to do it. You know, it, I, I feel it's cheating the players. If you can't, throw, you're asking players for a massive amount of commitment. And if you're not committed to it, I think that, uh, that comes off but yeah definitely Liam I mean um, feeling as though you know having like your coaching badges and thinking yeah I don't need any more coaching badges that's that's fine I don't I've got not more we're all learning but you don't feel as though you need to be more qualified whereas um, throughout my my 11 aside badges I, I always jumped onto a course when I felt as though I'd reached the end of my knowledge not as this aspirational thing, oh, I've got to get my A licence, I've got to do this, I've got to do this. It was more like a, um, I've taken this coaching qualification as far as I can go. My knowledge is now limited. I need to, I need to extend that knowledge base and I, I, in order to develop the players more. And, and that's pretty much what's happened at Bedford, me going, yeah, okay, I, I, I get this. Uh, we've got the relationship going, but these players need more, you know, and, and I can't give them that. I think I can, but I need to extend my knowledge with it. So me cheekily learning from you guys, but also going along. And, and I found that, you know, I did the, the, the level two futsal. Um, and you're like, well, I don't need to do that because you're level whatever qualified within football. So, you know, the argument might be that it feels so you're taking a step back, but I really didn't see it like that. I, I gained loads from it. And, you know, I thought the tutors were excellent. And, it, and more than anything, you learn loads from the, from the other participants on the course. Um, so yeah, that that it, like that comfort zone, the challenge, yeah, all the time. 
learning from from other coaches of it with you know uh, that's what I love about the other thing I love about the the futsal community if you like is um how can I put it politely without sort of swearing if you like is um is a little bit of it's quite um it's quite a lot of combat within football between coaches you know there is once you're in a certain network of coaches it, it can be really rewarding but that's quite difficult to break through that whereas futsal seems a little bit more open um i'm just you know without even just names that roll off the tongue you know louis at, uh, at cambridge has been has been really supportive of, of what we we're doing uh, open books and what, what is it that you want you know come along and help um uh, the guys at Genesis as well have always been really supportive um, as scholar as well. So pretty much, you know, I could just go through all the teams that we've played, but really, really supportive. And I, I think, you know, Sean obviously would epitomise that in terms of his willingness to come along and, and, and just put himself out there and help and support. You know, it's been invaluable. Long-winded answer, sorry. But yeah, challenge. If you're going to challenge players, you have to challenge yourself, didn't you? It's as simple as yeah. that. On the topic, uh, Malcolm, kind of learning and developing, I've asked uh, a few people in the last few episodes about their perceptions of futsal when they very first started or very very first kind of came aware of the game of futsal. What was your perception of, fut- of futsal when you kind of first became aware of it and how has that changed over time? Yeah, OK. Um, the, the, it was first introduced to me by... Um, um, Paul Holden at the at the FA, he, he he came in and did a bit of like in-service training when I was working within the academy system, and um, I instantly saw the could see the benefits of it. it. It completely rang true with my philosophy, if you like, as a coach, and certainly the club at the time about how it would enrich the players' experience. You know, so. Um, and then playing it, you know, you, you learn in the rules, if you like, as the first introduction to it through actually playing it in, the, in a couple of those sessions. And I loved it. And I thought, if I'm loving this, the players are going to love it. Um, so I love the fast nature element of it. I love the um, the transfer, if you like, from other sports. So the, the element of uh, basketball, if you like, you know, the, the, the similar links and the, the I mean, it's a little bit of a, it's not quite direct transfer, is it? You know, but but certainly some of the um, the patterns are playing in and around that in that final third, the energy systems that are needed the, the, and seeing it as a, as a, as a thing for to, to aid footballers, if you like. Um, and that took me on that little journey about then, let's look at the game in a little bit more detail and, and seeing how it is at that top level. Um, and then my perceptions of it, if I'm honest, James, um, being then then negative about it, if you like, is coming into futsal. Um, there's me saying that the people within futsal are really, really welcoming. I did also feel though, as though there was an element of people being a little bit too purist about it. So, you know, like if I use the analogy of basketball, people always run in certain patterns, you know, and, and my frustration as a football coach was always, Oh, let's get them, you know, the coaches that kind of get mannequins out and this is the pattern we're going to run. And that's that has its place. But I think it stifles a little bit of like freedom for players and their, their ability to really express themselves. And that's what I saw in futsal, this, this amazing ability for, for players to express themselves. Um, and I, I sometimes felt as though some coaches within that fraternity might potentially have been, I guess, like... Um, 
stifling that by saying, well, we have to run this sort of pattern. Um, and that was a bit of a frustration for me. Uh, and then seeing it from the other side, my frustration of going from the other side of it, going, actually, you know what? I've taken this group of players as far as I can take them. We actually need an element of that. So then Sean coming in board, on board and introducing some of those patterns that build the form, the foundations was, was really, really useful. Um, solving a few problems for us, if you like, but giving us a framework in which in which to play. Again, sorry, long-winded answer, but you know, I guess succinctly, as I think back through the answer, it's like instantly thinking, this is amazing. This is brilliant. What, what a game. Then getting involved with it, thinking, <sighs> being really rude here, but being frank, a few too many keyboard warriors, a few too many intellectuals, a few too many people overthinking it. And it's like, sport's simple. It's an invasion sport. It's a, it's, a, it's a game that you play with your feet and it's about outwitting your opponents. And pretty much it's as simple as that. And, you know, you can run all the patterns you like, but if you put that individual up against that individual and they're, they're technically and physically superior to them, then you can run all the patterns you like, but there's only going to be one outcome. <laughs> no. so, so then the second bit of it is now I think I realise as people are really moving on to that next stage, all of those foundations need to be in place. You know, if, if someone works out your, your A game, then you need to be able to kind of go back into, right, let's just keep the ball for a little bit. And how do we run those patterns in order to keep the ball? Hopefully that, go It's a bang on what you just said about obviously your, a, your plan A and going on to a plan B. And I think it is massively sort of representative of how we've done in Bedford. I remember in our first season, a lot of our style of play was very attacking, very transition-based and sort of, not necessarily your, your purest futsal where you pass through the patterns. And I remember we've, we've talked about it after games, Malk, where people have come and said to us, oh, that's not, you're not a futsal team and this and that and the other. And we'd, we'd get wound up by it and whatever. I'd get probably a little bit more wound up than other people would. And actually coming away from it, we, we won that division, playing futsal rules with futsal balls, futsal goals, all the rest of it, and doing it in a bit of a different way. And I think actually at the end of the season, people then turned around and went, what you're doing sort of works. And as time goes on, like you said, you start to get not worked out, but what you're doing doesn't work against certain teams. For example, against Genesis, they were a lot more dynamic than we were. We treated ourselves as a dynamic team, really quick, really powerful. We played against Genesis and found out we weren't as quick and powerful as we, uh, we yeah. thought we were. Um, so what I'd be interested to hear from you, Mal, because as you found out we were getting, not found out, but needed a different plan, what, what was your thinking behind, right, how are we going to change what we do? Um, without then losing all the things that have made us successful before that as well. You know, um, I think it was back to the drawing board a little bit and and seeing certain little components. And, and part of it was being able to, um, a lot of those regains, and I don't mean regains in terms of open play transitions, is it regains in terms of when the ball goes out of play? Uh, so restarts. Um, from the from the goal from the keeper uh, sidelines and it's like we we need some we need some frameworks by which to, to play um when do we go Carl for a pre-season um we went down and played at, at Watford at that at the school against pro football so yeah and that's that's the biggest lesson that as a group me and everyone else had you know it's like we 
couldn't get out. You know, it was like, okay, there's one way. We're going to give it to that player and he's going to try and pass out or play. And whatever we did, they worked it out. So it's like, hang on a minute. These guys, they've got, they've got how many game plans going on and what are the building blocks that they put in place. So straight away as I'm watching that, all, the, all of our players, well, everyone's getting so frustrated. I'm thinking it's a pre-season game, guys. Let's not get too worried about it. This is an amazing learning curve for me. So yeah, that hopefully you, you'll know that from all three of you, that in, instead of going, yeah, this is amazing, we've won, or, oh, my God, we let's give this up, we've lost. I'm a little bit, hopefully, the one thing that all three of you say, and that, that one thing I always try and bring is a, is a little bit more of calmness, regardless of result. And straight away as that's going on, I'm thinking, I need to go and pick their brains. I need to ask them what they're doing. So for me, it was about um, not quite ripping the rule book up, but go, but, but I go in. This still was really important to us. I still firmly believe that uh, we can almost rip the futsal rule book up and go, um, I'm trying to think like football um, and, um, you know, regains, um, counter presses, you know, all of these things that have become quite commonplace in football, at some stage, someone needed to, to put them in. And and I didn't see many teams doing that at our level. Uh, um, there was very much setting up sort of a, um, a low block, half court. There wasn't much full court pressing going on. And, and James, I remember you particularly and Lou as well, your faces were like, what, are you serious? You're asking us to do that? And I'm like, yeah, because we're we're faster than them and we're stronger than them. And and, and don't get me wrong, Carl, you're right. When we come across the teams that we weren't and they can match us physically, the game plan went went apart. But when I'm looking at things like those UEFA technical reports, James, that you've shared, and I'm, I'm like right at the top game, some of the modern trends in football is high pressure, high pressure right up all across the pitch. And I'm thinking, I'm not by any means, turn around and go and see, uh, you know, I'm, I told you, because I didn't see that report. But what I know is you need to know what you're working with in your players. And I looked at the group of players we had to start with and, and thought, I, I'm not going to name individuals, but I'm going, I'm not entirely sure we could keep, we could keep this ball for 50 passes, you know, and pass a team to death and get a, a goal at the end of a 50 pass move, which some teams are able to do. But what we can do is we can give the ball to him and he can just go and take him on and then slip it second post and we can get a goal. And uh, we, we appear to have scored 10 goals like that today. So it's like, <laughs> if, if, if you've got the players and it's working, then it's a model that, that you're going to use. It's so, really, you know. Yeah, it's really quite interesting to hear you say about knowing your players. And um, obviously, you have to know your opposition as well. But if players know each other and you can trust each other, what they're doing, do you think that element of identity within a club or within a team not so much a philosophy or methodology, but an identity, a club or team identity, which could be split across two sets of five, not necessarily everyone on the court shares the same ideals. How important do you think that is within planning your sessions as a coach? Um, it's really important, Liam. I mean, do, do you mean do, just in terms of the whole identity or, or break, like being specific with like the, the technical, tactical, you know, I mean, you're saying like, a philosophy you know it gets banded around a little bit too much these days but um you mean just the whole approach about taking the entire because i look at big picture and think yeah we, we you know our, our home court advantage 100 percent home court advantage you know that that teams repeatedly come to bedford and sort of have a bit of a moan up about the size of court but it's like it's regulations it's, it's within regulations it's kind of it's fine you know and we use that to our advantage and, and we used our 
are players and, and they're, you know, you, you have a system of play. You have, you organise your players into that system and um, your players need to understand the system and then you prepare them for it. And it's as simple as that. So, um, uh, you know, James maybe as well as, as Carl, not so much Liam, I think, but so I'm, I'm thinking of like time scales and training sessions, but um, we did a lot, a lot of transitional stuff within that first and, and all game related. You know that a classic sort of, you, you go from, very quickly, you go from having an, an, an underload. So you're in a one versus two situation. And then very quickly, your other players join in on, on the counter. And that could be anywhere on the pitch. And we did that repeatedly. And I would pull players to the side and say, have a think about you know, making this run and doing that. But there was no, right, we're going to run to there and put cones down. It was like, right, this is the court. Whole pitch, two goals. Training sessions that were um, as game-related as possible. Directional with a ball, ball rolling, not stop, start. No one wants to hear me talking constantly. I would do, I tend to do my interventions in, um, in drinks breaks or something, don't we, if we have a little break. So it's about like, um, and it might look really chaotic, but that suited our style of play. So there's a method to the madness, if you like, that training would be a little bit, the game bit element of it, of it would be chaotic you know, Lou, why are we doing this? Why, you know, and trying to explain to him and say that this is the trade-off and this is the reason to try and do this. And it's like, okay, people gradually bought into it a little bit. But like I keep coming back to, I think if you we ended up at the end of that first season, certainly end of the second season, where it's like some of our players changed. We've got different personnel through the doors. Um, I, I didn't think we were across the board as athletic um, as agile, as powerful. So you do then have to change your game plans slightly. Um, so yeah, it's still, and that 100% is still work in progress, isn't it? We know that. We're putting up yeah. the building blocks in place still. One of the things that's quite interesting is you mentioned sort of players um, sort of changed as time went on and we lost um, two of our key sort of dynamic players and they won't be saying this, Ikenna and Alfie were two of the, the more dynamic one v one really effective players, players as well and really oh, effective yeah. and then in our old game plan like you say they're really effective at what we were trying to do and when we lost two of those players it wasn't that other players couldn't do what um couldn't do it but they weren't perhaps as effective as sort of Alfie and mm. Igena were so I found it quite interesting to to see that we needed to change the game plan and sort of adapt what we were doing in regards to sort of obviously you've coached football for donkey's years you've done loads of football you've coached at really high levels with lots of different setups. What are the sort of main skills or the, the principles, if you like, that are the most transferable to futsal from football? Obviously you mentioned transition already, but what would you say are like the key things you could sort of take from one sport to the other? Oh yeah, good one. So it's almost going back right in that first instance and just seeing that constantly coming out. I've just got little, you know, photographic sort of memory camera snapshots of seeing something on a futsal pitch and going, 100% that would happen in the game of football, 100%, and vice versa, and seeing players not solving problems on a football pitch and thinking, you know what you need to do? You need to start playing futsal. And and, and I, I want to get away from this um, stereotype, you know, so basic stereotype of tricks, flicks, and all of that, 100% ball manipulation but for what purpose? And it's to outwit your opponents. So football, futsal, I don't care what you mean, whatever sport you're talking about, but 1v1 dominance, 
1v1 dominance is is 100% like um, modern elite sport and whatever happens there it, it filters down so what it, how does that dominance appear physically um, and I'm not talking that you have to be the strongest but somewhere you outwit those other opponents I'm trying to think of um, um, individuals that we've played against and even individuals in our team um, they all tend to come in different shapes and sizes but each of their own particular skill set I'm thinking Ryan within our, our group. You, if you just looked at Ryan and said, "Go on, then he's going to play," you know, you would stereotype and look at Ryan. And go, he, he's not going to be able to hold players off the ball. But he's incredibly strong. Um, I'm thinking back, and I know it's a few years. Ashley Cole was someone who incredibly strong, powerful player. Yet there wasn't much to him. You know, he didn't look like a, a big, typical fitting into Chelsea's team that were from the land of giants. Yet he was one of their most powerful players. You never saw him being beat 1v1. And then the other side of it is how people beat someone 1v1 um, technically and tactically and outwitting opponents, um, thinking like Guardiola, Tiki Taka, you know, oh, that's all, everyone wants to play Tiki Taka football. It's like, you missed the point. They're dragging people in to pop the ball about, to draw the entire team in, to recognise that the space is out elsewhere on court. So... Um, committing players so if you want uh, you commit a players commit to your action commit to what you do and commit a player uh, and that is both in defence with and without the ball so it's not just thinking what you do with the ball and how you beat someone it's how you how you stop someone you know in, in futsal it's like um, using the line as that extra player you know pushing them to that line and, and recognising that you might be 1v1 in, in an isolated 1v1 even 1v2 that you're being you're being overloaded but if you're using that line you're now being really creative with your play you're, you're solving that problem instantly and you're recognizing how to dominate that individual you're committing to that action so i think that's really key um, and then one last thing is is undoubtedly that the, the quick incisive creative ways that people do beat opponents um, and then finally, finally, the, um, the the physicality element of it, you know, the agility, the, um, the technical aspect that goes with it, the ball manipulation, but that the, the, the agility and power-based things to make sure you don't get beaten 1v1. Um, Wan-Bissaka, I'm just talking football at that elite game, but, you know, he, he look at his recovery challenges. Uh, um, I mean, Max Kilman is, is a great example, isn't he, of, of the transfer from, from futsal to football. But, but at the same time, you know, looking at uh, uh, his, his ability to defend 1v1 and not get beaten 1v1 by the opponents. Um, so, yeah, so many, so many examples. You know, you, you plan a, we tend not to, do we, play with a, um, um, a pivot? And what I mean is, we, you know, Lou did that job very well for us in first season, but we tend not to have someone that we play up to and hold the ball up. But I can see the direct transfer in futsal and football modern trends in football playing with one out and out number nine playing off of him you know modern systems I guess three three at the back is a little bit more trendy these days even if you play three four three player up top needs to be there and it's the same with with futsal as well you know having that player that you can go to whichever side that they play on uh, I can see that direct transfer over from from the two the two sort of um, you know elements of football 
some uh, interesting points, Mark, about the kind of transferability from kind of futsal to kind of football. Now, I, I want to know um, kind of on the flip side to that, in terms of footballers who are currently playing football and maybe interested in taking up futsal, uh, what kind of skills do you reckon footballers might need that they can take from football and can transfer it into futsal so they're kind of successful in that kind of transfer from the two sports, obviously knowing they are fairly similar? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, as I think I think the, the one I'd like to focus on, James, I mean, there's obvious, obvious technical and physical things, but the one I'd focus on is, especially when we're talking about the more senior level of the game, I think a lot of a lot of stuff around football and futsal is sometimes aimed at, at the youth phase, which 100%, you know, is, is absolutely vital. But if we just focus on like the senior level of the game, I think that um, game understanding and, and how to manage games, you know, how to uh, plan in front of crowds, um, 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 keeping track of your emotions so that the psychological and social aspects of the games, I think, are are um, hugely underrated. I think that someone can look amazing in training, yet they might freeze a little bit within uh, that, that game-related situation. Uh, and, and I mean, NFS has been amazing, isn't it? I, don't, I know you guys have spoken about it, but 100% this, this, the, the season that we, we were fortunate enough to play in just before all this sort of kicked in, it really felt as though they were trying to add that professionalism into the game, and it felt like an event you know, the central venues, the, the, the announcement, and not everywhere was doing that. I know we tried to do that as a club, even within the first season, making it a bit more of a spectacle, but it, it felt more of an occasion and, and and that can inspire certain players and bring out the best in them. And, and for others, it can be a debilitating. So I think footballers can bring, if they've played at a decent standard, they can bring that element of, um, you know, knowing how to play, uh, play sport, if you like. So yeah, um, and, and recognising um, um, what goes on in terms of how to outwit someone as well and, and what your teammates need, I guess, is what I'm saying. More so about than your position, reading games. I'm going to put you back on the spot, James. Think of a, a situation where maybe we've come unstuck a little bit, you know, because perhaps either I'm not putting that element out there, the, the, the leadership element isn't there or everyone's kind of looking around at themselves feeling a little bit lost I can't if there are there situations where that's happened to us Particularly I think games. so yeah yeah I think so I think it's um it is that we do come up to those situations occasionally obviously in our first season probably not so much probably something that's happened more in our second season in the NFS where we came up against probably as you mentioned before kind of opposition that we're able to kind of match us up, whether that's kind of physically or, or mentally, it's something we have kind of had to um, kind of deal with on, on a few occasions, definitely. Yeah, and it, it's, um, it's it's tough, isn't it? So so uh, um, robustness, I think, of of character. If 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 there's if that's a good description, mm. I mean, there's lots. You know, I could go on for hours about the, all all the different nuances, um, but there is this semi-reluctance for players at a certain level to put themselves out of a comfort zone and come and play. I've, I've got two or three involved. We've had different people come along and I said it to them, go, would you be interested? You know, I've worked with a lot of players at sub-elite level who I think 
it would hugely benefit them. And, you know, Carl, your real testament to someone who plays Saturdays, Sundays, you know, you play football on a Saturday at a really good standard and then you come and play futsal at a really good standard. So I, I don't see that there's an issue physically that people can't cope with that. I think it's more of a perhaps other stuff gets in the way, family demands and all that. But um, I see a lot of footballers out there, James, that I think could really push themselves on to the next level if they really push themselves and actually challenge themselves within a different environment. You know, so far removed from my experiences as, as a real dinosaur here, five aside, with massive playing with massive tennis balls and getting smashed into uh, into the boards. You know, I loved football, but five aside to me, I thought it was going to be amazing because you know it's going to be more technical and skill based, and that was my sort of game. I won in goal. Just went in goal. Whenever we played five aside, I just went in goal because I was protected by that area, you know. Whereas futsal, you're protected by the rules and you're protected by the, the referees. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, the stuff you saw mentioned there, man. Nine percent of the time. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we sort of glaze uh, over the fact referees can be, like we said, they do a good job, but we can all get wound yeah. up at times. Um one of the things I'd be keen to hear about, Malk, is sort of the management side of things, because we spoke about it a few times. So managing a football <laughs> team, you get three subs and it's easier to manage because two people on your bench sort of aren't coming on and it's quite easy to manage. But in futsal, you've you've got seven subs and some of the time you've been there as sort of the only coach there with 12 players. You've got to try and make seven subs whilst keeping an eye on the game, while seeing what the other team are doing in terms of attack versus defence. Um just explain what you've, how you found the management side of futsal because I took, I did one game when I dislocated a bone in my foot and tried to do the subs and we got spanked. So clearly I didn't do the best job. Um, but talk to me about your experience of management in futsal and how it is so much more different to football. Uh, right. Well, first up, that wasn't why we lost. And, you know, like I, 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 I'd like to think, I'm sure there's lots of coaches out there that would, would disagree and I think that fine margins sometimes can make a huge difference. But I think usually, usually it will work itself out within that game. I, I'm not quite sure that, again, maybe it's my naivety, but I'd like to think that substitutions on their own don't necessarily win games. Mm-hmm. I know they have a huge importance. Oh, uh, honestly, that was my, you know, when I said I found it really difficult, um, my calm exterior would have masked my absolute panic going on inside within the first few games of, you know what it felt like, Carl? It felt like um, going back to, and I'm not even talking like a, um, um, like academy level or even my, my job at, 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 in the sixth form football academy as well. I'm talking like school uh, year eight team. You know, when... You're not even bothered about what's going on. All you're interested in is ensuring that everyone gets absolute equal fair share time on the court Mm. because what you don't want is someone's parent ringing up, you know. And there was an element of, I'm trying to think of the very first game, I think it might have been Peterborough we had to play. And I was conscious of thinking, no one's getting paid here. These these lads have, have... put their hands in their pockets. They've given up their time and put their hands in their pockets to come and do something they love. And what I'm going to do is they've paid. They're not getting paid. They've paid. And 
and they're not kids. These are adults. And, I, and I'm going to just turn around and say, no, sorry, you're, you're going to look at my watch going, they're going to get two minutes on court. And I thought that's, that's a whole, that didn't seem right. Everything seems a lot easier when the scoreline's going in your favour, you know, and it's so easy to, to pull someone off and go, oh, I, need to, I need to give them minutes. You know, it's as simple as that. But I think that um, there's this bit of um, having the temptation just to put your best five out and keeping them on, but recognising that fatigue sets in, um, getting those pairings working, getting the, the, the groups of players that perhaps either all push in one direction or they complement each other for various reasons. Um, you know, when, when we refer to the type of player that we would have at the club, I was very conscious in that second season and we got it wrong a few times and probably what you're alluding to, Carl, in the game that you're saying, because I was there, I just mm. pushed that, I challenged you, didn't I, by going, yeah, you did. Today. You're like, what, what, what? And I'm like, no, you do it. And you're like, yeah, but what if we lose? Well, so what if we lose? When are you ever going to learn if you don't do that? Yeah, yeah, you're so right. So me yeah. being confident enough to kind of go, look, you, you go and do it. But I think if we... We, we would have, I'm trying to think of this polite, you know, players that were really athletic and players that weren't as athletic. And we found a couple of situations where the non-athletic players were on together and we really struggled. So it's gone and gone, hang on, hang on, hang on. Substitutions are really important here. We, we need to make sure we've got a decent core running through the team, you know, so we're not just literally throwing goals away here. Um, and then one other thing that really springs to mind, um, I've named him for really good reasons. You know, I think Ryan's brilliant. I think he's a he's a special player. Um, but I do also remember going down and us playing Worcester. And, you know, Ryan's toys massively came out of his pram, didn't they? You know, and me yeah. having to pull him to one side. And it's like, I'm having to speak to an individual and a confrontation's happening. And but I'm it's me on my own taking the team. And it's like this is a this is a lead sider here. And how, right, you know, me having to have that conversation with him. So the management side of it, as in constantly going from place to place. So those other coaches that I've spoke to were invaluable with their, their advice and to try to ensure that you're not as isolated. So very, very lonely sometimes. Uh, and hence getting, you know, Matt, Matt Smith's been brilliant coming along and offering that support. Tim, Tim has been brilliant. You know, his knowledge of the game's first class and, having someone, you know, that can just step back a little bit and go, what about this? What about this? You're getting caught up in this. So what about him? And and seeing going, just a little word in your ear going, you know, Carl, time for Carl to go back on, do you reckon? You know, I'm saying that because you're there, Carl, you know. <laughs> it was it was never that. No one's ever come into my ear, Carl, and gone, what about Carl? What about Carl? No, of course they So, <laughs> so yeah. But, but so, I mean, you, you'll know that. So, I, yeah. I find it, and actually, the thing that I've been really keen to do is bring more. Um, Sean's been really good, you know, like saying about like that, that. And we said that four minute sort of rule. And obviously, we can be very, very flexible with it. But the idea of, of we brought it in perhaps about 18 months ago, didn't we? The moment your head goes, even slightly, and you lose focus and it goes somewhere else, you think about a decision, you, your head's down because you've lost the goal or you've missed a chance or even really good thing. That's, that's that moment to come off because even though you don't realise you're fatigued mentally that's you done your focus is done and if that goes forget it Yeah. so me being cute enough to spot that 
And then the final piece of that jigsaw, if you like, would be giving players that real ownership and me saying to them, well, what do you think? And I, and I think the culture that we've pushed and leaning on, this is maybe from your question before, Liam, as well, that the, the culture of the club is that everyone supports each other and there's no egos. And it's not, why am I not on? Why, why this? Why this? Why this? It's like 100%. We had players in that, in that league decider that didn't play a single second. and But it's all about talking to players. So I, I, I pulled them to one side before and said, it's unlikely you're going to get much time into them. This is why. And I think if you communicate with individuals, forget whether I'm a coach or a players, just com- if you communicate with people, I think you get the best out of them. But yeah, if, if I could, in my ideal world, uh, I'd love to kind of put sessions on to just step back and for once be a fan, you know, just goes from that sideline, just be, yeah, you'd be involved, yeah, they are, great guy, rather than having the accountability and responsibility of going, put people on, something's not going right, it's sure. So to relinquish responsibility of substitutions sometimes would be, would be heaven. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of interesting we talk about the kind of culture of the club, because I was, I was going to just ask a, a question on that, because my, my kind of thoughts in terms of those kind of minutes for players over the, the two seasons, for me and kind of a, our first season in the was it NFL Division Two. Yeah. For, for me, if I wasn't, and I'm sure it's the same with quite a few players, if I wasn't probably getting the same amount of minutes as some people, I'd probably be looking around because we know we're we're smashing teams by you know 10, 15 goals and thinking I I, I deserve to get a good run out, same as everyone else. But now moving on to our second season in the NFS, I don't know as you said, kind of the work use the word kind of culture. I don't know if the culture in the the club's kind of changed even more. It's almost now I do anything, you know, to win. I don't care if I'm only getting two minutes. If I'm playing rubbish, you know, I deserve to be on the match. I want to win. I want the team to win. You know, I don't know if it's the change of the culture and it's the change of the league. Adding that we've talked about that kind of professionalism of the league, you know, how important it is to everyone in the club as well to win. You know, you kind of, as I said, mentioned the kind of culture. I don't know if you feel like it's kind of changed and developed over time within the club. Yeah, within the club and certainly within the overall game, if you like a futsal at the level that we've been involved with, James, I think it's really interesting that you're saying that about the difference between the, t- the two leagues because that was, um, I felt that, and, it, and it, I don't want to be too disrespectful to some of the places we we went to, but um, yeah, it, 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 echoing what I said, you know, people have come this all this way when you go to away venues and it's, I can't, justify only playing them for X amount of minutes but then we go on and in that second season we were losing games and we had a, we had a few real heart to hearts didn't we we had training sessions where it all everyone's kind of real conflicts happening amongst the club our club and conflict amongst individuals and that's when it, it was really challenging for me and that's I guess where I step up and rather than the technical aspect of it that finds all the solutions it's a simple one for me it's like look it's up to you guys if, if, how, what do you, what, how do you want to be known as? What is it? If you want to just turn up and have a bit of a laugh and everyone's like, yeah, we're known as this lovely club and there's no animosity anywhere, then happy days. But, you know, you've got real t- we've got real talent here and, and we've got something, we can build something really good here. So with that, you have to build in an element of ruthlessness as well. And like you said, James, win at all costs, but within the right spirit, you know, so it's not at the cost of, being disrespectful to opposition. You know me, I hate that. You know, I'm thinking, Carl, when I'm, I'm trying to think of one of those 
I don't know if you remember, I can't think what game it was, but we, we've lost. And probably everyone's waiting for me to give some little team talk at the end. And it was all about like all the tape that you left on the side of the pitch, yeah. the drip balls. But that tells everything to me. It's like, look at you. You, get, you haven't even got enough respect for yourself to pick up your own tape. Who's going to do that? Who is it that's going to pick that tape up? That's why you lost, because your head space is in the wrong space. So it's like, let's leave it there. Let's go back to training. And then at that training session, it's like, right, what are we going to do differently then? And it, it was like a couple of, we needed to be spanked a few times, you know, to, the lesson to be taught was like, right, it's up to you now then. It's not, this isn't university sport. This is, this, this is, you know, you're in there. And we're either going to be in there doing this seriously or not. So I think that was really important. There's that mindset, you know, um, and, and a few players went by the wayside, didn't they? Maybe that was why. I don't know if it's commitment, but it might be that the, the pressure on, okay, this is this feels less of a laugh, if, if, if that makes sense. You know, that, that if, I, if I don't commit to this, I'm going to get held accountable. And sometimes people don't like that pressure. But that's, what we're, that's where we're trying to head to, isn't it? You know? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the things that's happened as as time's gone on is your sort of really, really advanced skills and sort of man management or developing us was massive. So you spoke about the tape just now. And I remember you speaking to me and I think it was after the Sussex game, we'd won the game in the last minute and I celebrated in front of someone's face in a not a very nice way. And at the time I thought that was the right thing to do. And you've sort of pulled me aside. And well, that's just you, wasn't it, Carl? That's just you. <laughs> That's fine. But you spoke to me about sort of the way I did things and how I did that. And it sort of makes you think about those things. And I've looked back at the the conversations you've had with players sort of about what they do um, and how they they conduct themselves. And you see the development and it's no sort of coincidence that as time's gone on, as James sort of mentioned, the club culture sort of changes because of the the way it's sort of been managed by yourself. I know we had to do a similar thing in the ladies' side where we had a little bit of animosity regarding sort of playing time and... I hadn't got the experiences I've had as you have, Malk, and I've sort of had to look at this, the, the, the way I did things and speak to Jackie and sort of do it, deal with it in a different way because dealing with female players, dealing with male players is massive. And one of the things I've really enjoyed coming through the football journey with sort of you leading the team is seeing how you've not just developed me individually. On the selfish side, I mean, that's happened from school from when I was 16, but sort of not just the technical stuff. Everyone can coach and go, you're better at passing, you're better at this, you're better at that. It's the psychological thing, and that's the part of futsal that I think is is massive, and how it can, for me, it's probably the biggest thing footballers can tap into. It's the psychology of, right, a game's not going your way, you're coming off, but you're going to go back on and do this, or the way you celebrated that goal isn't very good. That's that. Why are you doing that? You're an idiot, or why are you not picking up your tape? And those little things, um, I think, are massive. The last sort of question we'll ask you, Mal, before we before we wrap this all up, in terms of the psychology, is why why is it you, or where have you picked up that sort of ideology of right? these sort of things are wrong, these sort of things are right. And why do you think it's been useful to apply that into our team? Because it's been successful, but where have you sort of picked that up from yourself? Uh, well, just years and years ago um, and, and all the experiences and, and good and bad experiences and, and recognising things that are put in place that like, uh, like a Corinthian sort of spirit is a certain way of doing things and, you can have win at all costs, and, and I'm, I've, I've been there, you know, and, and I've won and I've lost playing in different ways and for different teams with different ideas. But that that philosophy is different to culture. Culture takes a bit more time, but you know, like um, have I built that up? 
certain individuals that I've worked with have had real profound impact on me um, for good and bad reasons. And that's one of the reasons I got into coaching um, was in the main one was a, was a poor experience at football of being um, bullied, if you like, and seeing managers bully younger players and not having it and thinking, no, I'm not having that. And, and, and standing up for those younger players when you become a little bit older because that happened to you when you were younger and thinking this, this cycle needs to be broken. There's a different way to doing this. So being a bit more of a, of a purist, you know, in terms of how the game should be played, but how people act, you know, give people more than they expect and do it cheerfully. You know, that's a, it just, we're all, you know, James, you said this, this, hopefully everyone really enjoys himself, didn't they? And, you know, like we have a laugh at 100%. It's a great, great atmosphere that we've got, but training and playing blood and sweat on the pitch. So I think people sometimes mask, oh, he's a really nice guy. And is he tough? But it's like, no, 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 you, you enjoy yourself by putting maximum commitment in. But if you do things right, you know, like don't don't keep the ball, you know, like it, don't keep the ball, give the ball back to someone. Do because when you do win, and you win in that way, it's so much more um, rewarding. You know, it's it's um, it's purer, isn't it? Sound sorry, I'm getting all, I'm, I don't even know why I'm getting slightly emotional here. <laughs> it's like, because it's um, that's really important to me. You know, whether you you it's probably only just highlight if you like but um i think different coaches would like their teams to play in different ways and we want to be seen to this but it's like just about being good people in there and being respectful it's like you can get beaten by someone 12 nil or beat someone 12 nil but like why are you, why are you trying to fight someone why why are you doing this why we're all we're all in the same game together here there's enough idiots in the world out there and or if you want to go and fight someone go and, go and do taekwondo you know <laughs> but act in the right way and it's like let's oh the rules are there let's bend the rules that's the rules say this no 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 you know you know the reason for the rules you know the um you know that there's a there's values so it's not just like a, a culture but it's core values and ethics that you lead yourself by so yeah do, be a good person you know and do things honestly with humility so effort always effort always always effort but with a bit of humility to it as well you know, I mean, we've all been there, haven't we, when people decide not to shake your hand at the end of the game. And it's like, what an absolute, you know, get over yourself, mate. <laughs> How immature is that? Isn't it, though? Yeah, you're and, right, and what, yeah. What I would say is, is it's. I know you said last question, so I think it, I haven't really touched on it. I've mentioned about uh, Matt and Tim and Sean, but Jackie's really important as well. You know, I've known Jackie a few years now. And, and what's really interesting is the sort of individuals that we've got involved. So there's no conflict there with the coaches. Everyone's, it's a very similar message in case you hadn't noticed it. And it's fun enough. It's not that we talk for hours about it. You know, I don't really have loads of massive telephone conversations with those guys, but it's probably because we've got all of a quite a similar outlook as well. I mean, I don't know, maybe if you speak to Sean, you'll look, but Sean might be like, no, I just, just want to win. <laughs> don't care about it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But as a coach, 100%, you know, it's very, you know, this is, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. Class, there you go. Act with a little bit of class. And I think cream rises to the top, and not it? You know. And I think you've hit a lot of the head there, Mark, really. And we've, over time, sort of seen the progression and each of the players in the team will sort of, 
have their own little story about how you've you've helped them in some sort of way i can think back to examples where you've dealt with sort of myself you've dealt with james you've dealt with lou barry you've dealt with all sorts of players about different bits and again some people might think oh that's that's not the key part of the game because you're talking about our our individual character development instead of our tactical or technical development but i think they all sort of link together quite quite nicely and obviously through your time at the club the players have sort of seen right we're lucky to have individuals like yourself like sean jackie involved who can all bring something sort of different to the table and really help contribute to, to what we've we've sort of created really um and that's part of the it's reason just, we asked you to get involved it's a classic um i can't remember quite where i picked it up i think i know but you, you we're all thieves aren't we coaches and players we need different things and um uh what what sport builds character or reveals character it's like what you like on the pitch is what you like off the pitch and you know some people are oh, yeah but once once i'm once i'm on the pitch on this and it's no 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 if you're if you're the sort of person that is pretty angry and doesn't um i'm trying to think of an example maybe like we're going to go training and and no one's willing to pick that person up in their car or you're the opposite of that you're the sort of person that is willing to go out of your way to support one of your teammates to pick him up you're going to be there with it through thick and thin so that person is the one that plays rather than the one that goes no nah, no nah, sorry no nah, that's not i'm not sorry mate um, that's not not my journey i'm going the other way yeah or they're already gone out of the car park before that person even needs a lift mm-hmm. so the people that go out of the way they're the ones that you rely on they're the players now they might not be as technically you know proficient but what they will do is when there's this situation where maybe you've got a cup final or or a or a you know extra time or a real really pressurized environment, they're the ones that you can rely on because they're they're the ones that you want as, as you know in your corner. So yeah, what you like on the pitch is what you like off the pitch. So if you've got a coach, you know, if, you, if I want to coach you, Carl, and get the best out of you, I've got to know you. I've got to find out about you. So hence why I kind of came with a couple of things, Liam, and, and you know. I've not really, because of the current situation, I've not really got to work with you loads, it feels. It feels as though I've got to know you a little bit more rather than coaching you, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah, but definitely. I love that. I love that because when we are able are finally to be able to get the balls out and get on court again, you know, you feel as though you've already got a head start on someone rather than getting to know someone. So if anybody comes through the doors at the club new, it's a big thing. It's like, stop, 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 stop. This is This is us. This is what we do. This is who we are. You know, we are. We hopefully. Um, what's the phrase? I won't. I won't swear, but like uh, all blacks, isn't it? No DHs. You know, so no, no, no idiots. No idiots. And, and yeah. I'm, I think there's probably a few clubs around would probably say, oh, "I disagree with that." I think Bedford have got their fair share of idiots, but that's <laughs> us. And, and they're out. They're our idiots, you know. And because we're all, we love each other. So, so you know, you stick together and. and that's absolutely fine. But that's work in progress, isn't it, Carl? You know, so those idiots, we're, what we're trying to do is fix that a little bit and make them better people, better players. Absolutely. And I think the players that are in the club will agree we are all on a bit of a journey. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but we are on that journey yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're sort of developing and we forget sort of that actually we're at an elite level of sport and sport is great and winning's great, but actually what you can sort of bring into your outside of sport life is is really useful. So Malk, I think we could we could talk to you all day about all these different kinds of things. Yeah, I love it. I don't this know has about, been great. I thoroughly enjoy listening to sort of the 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 knowledge you've got, the wisdom, and I'm sure we'll get you back on later on um, to talk about a different side of of things. And maybe when we get back to play and sort of return to play, sort of reflecting on 
perhaps this podcast and sort of how we how we move on move on from here but I know me Liam and James are very thankful to have you in the club and sort of on again on this podcast and look forward to to working with you in the future and we ask our our listeners that are are listening to pass the pod and sort of share this again we want to emphasize that we're not trying to make a podcast to go Bedford is great and we're we we do everything brilliantly we want to try and sort of raise the profile of futsal in the community and if this can help somebody running the club to sort of how oh, we want to do things this way I think one of the the key takeaways can be sort of what you like on the pitch is what you like off the pitch and hopefully that can be a key message we can carry on and who knows Mal, where that could that could take us so thank you very much for your time today yeah it's been a pleasure really enjoyed it like i said time's flown isn't it absolutely oh, Mal, he loves to talk doesn't he now can talk <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, you very can. much you know, all, co- all coaches can can't they you know yeah oh, let us play stop talking coaches let us play you've been listening to the griffin's nest a podcast by Bedford Futsal Club.